Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Completely Cricket Podcast by myself, Avalash Larson, and Zaid Ahmed. So, um, this is our second episode that we're going to be releasing. We have another episode that's talking about the Ashes as a whole and talking about the fifth test as well. But this episode, we, we, we really want to focus on the whole the whole bowling you know setup for England because you know there have been questions by everyone basically about you know England having a forty one year old and a thirty seven year old in their bowling attack uh you know the, the sort of one dimensionalness of the of of England's bowlers you know Jimmy Allison, Jim Broad, Ollie Robinson, even Matty Potts they sort of fit that same category of like sort of you know uh, bowlers who bowl at around eighty eighty two mile an hour. Uh, and but then obviously we have players like Mark Wood who sort of bring a difference. So now that Stuart Broad is retired, uh, uh, we want to talk about his retirement and then where that how that opens up doors for other bowlers. And you know, coming to the next Test series in India uh, away in January, you know how England's bowling lineup might look because I think that there's a lot to talk about. It's quite interesting. But yeah, um, I will also uh, I'll give it uh, to Zaid who will do all our announcements. So good morning, Zaid. Uh, how are you? And um, please read your announcements. Yeah, good morning. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty good. You know, it's been it's been a brilliant Ashes series as we talked about in the previous episode. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. Um, you know, it's been it's been it's been really interesting, been really um, uh, action packed last few days. Um, you know, with with Broad announcing his retirement. Um, you know, we as you said, we're going to be looking at sort of the future of England's bowling attack, um, uh, especially the pace attack. Um, you know, following Broad's, Broad's retirement, but yeah, as usual, if you enjoy our podcast and like like everything, you know, like the content that we produce, then please do follow follow us on Spotify, follow us on um, follow our Instagram account, and please like the episode, like the post of any episode that you enjoyed. Um, and if you have any comments, any questions about anything that we talk about, then we would love for you to comment on any post on the Instagram. Yeah, thank you very much, Zay. Uh, as as they did mention, we do we like interacting with our listeners, and and we like that part of it. And also, you liking us on Spotify and Instagram helps us with the algorithms and make sure that our podcast can be seen by a lot more people. So, you know, I think for a lot of people, you know, who are who just you know who have been following English cricket over the last few years, they if you look at you know Stuart Moore's returns as a bowler and how he's been bowling and you know the impact he's had on games it doesn't seem like he's got worse like i honestly would say you know he's england's top wicket taker this series he's bowled well throughout he's played five tests on the spot and he's you know with considering jimmy anderson's been a bit average he's sort of led england's bowling attack so, so say what do you think you know, do, do you think it's right he's retiring? Do you think it's the right time? Or you know, try to can you explain to us like you know, the reasoning behind his retirement? Yeah, I think um, you know, retiring as as a cricketer, it's all about you know what sort of person you are. I think Broader is that, that sort of person, you know, very very confident person. He, he he's sort of that sort of person who wants to retire, made that sort of decision when he's at his peak. You know, rather than um, rather than you know keep going. And you know, retire at a point that you know means that you're 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 sort of not your peak anymore. You're you're sort of going down a little bit. I think that's that's not the sort of person Broad is. So I think for him, it's definitely the right time. I think you know he he's had a brilliant Ashes series, and you know if he did continue in next year to India, he you know India's not sort of the place he's gonna get loads and loads of wickets. He's not gonna it's not gonna be his, you know best series ever. So you probably have to wait for next summer, which you know is a long time. So I think you know it's, it, it, he's 
it, it, I think now is the right decision. I think it's the right time to sort of make the decision. It, it was sort of sudden, you know, I, I, you know, definitely wasn't expecting it. Um, but yeah, you know, I think for him, you know, retiring at sort of your peak is definitely um, the sort of decision that you want to make. And I think that it can never really be understated. Uh, never it can never really be overstated. Actually, uh, the, how impactful Stuart Broad has been on you know on English cricket and English Test cricket, and how good he was as a player. You know, people obviously look at Jimmy Anderson and think, "Oh my God, he's still playing at forty-one." You know, seven. You know how I think seven hundred Test wickets or that sort of. You know, he, he sort of takes the you know Stuart Broad sometimes in Jimmy's shadow. But in his own right, Stuart Ball was such a successful bowler. And I think for me, you know, if I was just look back at you know his performances, it's those spells, those like, you know, five, ten overs, you know, those like short bursts of Stuart Broad, you know, energy that we get. And then he takes, you know, he has his fingers, you know, five for something, eight for 15, you know, Trent Bridge was the best example in 2015. And I think that is something that no other bowler for England has done. And I think that, you know, that makes Stribbord so good, and I think you know, hats off to him. He's he changes games so easily, so well, and I think that I don't know any. You know, there's not been any other bowler who's had that impact in key moments that Stribbord has had. And I think his ability to just destroy a batting lineup so single-handedly is you know pretty amazing. And I think you know, if I was to look at Stribbord, that's that's what I think that his biggest contribution to Test cricket has been. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, he, he, he's a game changer. I think going from, I think, right, right, sort of at the beginning of his test, test career where, you know, he got hit for six sixes, um, in and over, uh, against Yvonne Singh. I think from going from there, I think people have been talking about that, um, a little bit, you know, going from there to you know, 600 test wickets, um, six, I think 604 in the end. So, you know, that, that's a brilliant transition. Um, you know, he's, he's, I think, as you said at the beginning, you know, he, he's not really, He's been going. He's been getting better. He's not really got worse at any point. I think you know he's been going. He's been you know, as he started out as a cricketer, you know, started as a sort of average bowler. But then you know he kept he kept proving, kept getting better, and you know kept kept um you know being a becoming a massive bowler for England cricket. Um, and you know I think it's a fairy tale ending for him as well to finish off taking the final wicket um to win an Ashes Test match. I mean you know. What what else do you want? You know your your last ball you ever bowl in in um in, in international cricket. You've just got a wicket. You got to carry out. So I think that's a brilliant way to finish things off. And I think yeah, he's been um you know, it's been a fairy tale ending, and he sort of just got better as as his his career has gone on. I think that you know as well. It's just like it's it's just really him taking the last two wickets is just sort of signifies how he, you know, he gets the job done for England and, and he's just, you know, he's just all round a good player, good bowler. And he was a, he was a good batsman as well. A uh, good batter when, uh, at the start of his career. And, you know, he, he scored a good three, more than 3000 test runs over his career. I think like something like, uh, uh, I don't know how many, he's got quite a few, he's got a few fifties as well. So he was a good player overall. And I think, for a lot of England fans, the question we're really asking is, you know, now he's retired, does that really put pressure on Jimmy Anderson? Because now he's the senior bowler. You know, it's not that tandem anymore. And just, you know, he can't, do you think that Jimmy has that pressure? Because he, he can't, excuse me, he can't have those, like, he can't have matches like he did this series where he just doesn't contribute because he's leading the bowling attack by himself. But I think, I think the, for me, the answer to that is, 
Not really, because England's bowling attack in general is quite experienced. You know, you've got when you've got players like even Chris Wokes, you know, the amount of cricket he's played over the years, you know, he knows they all know what they're doing. And I think that, you know, even Mark Wood, who's only played around thirty test matches, he's still a good bowler. He's more than smart and capable enough to have that impact himself. So I don't think there's much pressure on Jimmy. But what do you think? Do you think the pressure's increased on Jimmy Anderson? Yeah, it has, because, you know, um, you you had, you know, with, with Broad there, you had both Broad and Anderson sort of leading from the front. And I think that would have, you know, having that support for Anderson would have been very helpful for for, for him. Um, but, you know, with Broad retiring now, I think that puts pressure on Anderson because he hasn't had the best of times. Um, in this Ashes series, he has been, you know, at his absolute best. Um, so you know, he's, you know, he, he's he's going to be leading from the front. But if he's not informed, then that that's an issue, and that that will put a little bit of pressure on him. I think, um, you know, it's possible that Broad's retirement has because Anson is what four years older than um, Broad, but Broad has retired first. So I feel like. It could have put a little bit of pressure on Anston to sort of make a decision whether that's, you know, I'm going to uh, play on for another year, another two years, or say, you know, maybe this is my time, I'm going to retire. I don't think he's going to retire now. Um, you know, I think he'll definitely play in India. Um, I, I think I was. I was. Um, I heard a few people talking about the fact that he 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 might want he might be interested in trying to beat Shane Warne's Shane Warne's record. I think I think he he's twenty wickets or so away from that. But you know that that's something else. I think I think. But you know it could put a little bit. You know, broader time might put a little bit of pressure on Anderson to make some sort of decision about what he's going to do next or how long he's going to keep going for. What do you think of that? See, he's obviously told the media he wants. He's you know the fact that broader time has made him even more firm that he wants to play. Because I think I think obviously when if if he's seen Broad retire, he sort of started his question is he sort of like checks himself about his own resolve and he's realised yes I do want to play I kind of love playing I want to keep playing and I I back Jimmy Anderson to have an impact still I think that there is no escaping the fact that okay a lot of people are saying that he bowled well and obviously his economy was low and he had one of the best economies he kept control at spells which is true which allowed other bowlers to take wickets. But realistically, a bowler is judged upon their uh, is judged on their wickets, especially when it comes to the Ashes series, and especially when it comes to such an uh, such an, uh, an important Ashes series for English cricket. So you know we have to judge him based on his wickets column, and it was not he only took five wickets that series. He did have control. I just felt like he you know you can bowl well, but you have to be able to. Jimmy's always had that knack of being able to force wickets and create wickets, and I feel like it wasn't there for the series, and I think that. Like, you know, I think that he doesn't have to... It's up to him whether he wants to put a fixed time or when he wants to retire or not. But I don't think there's... You know, if he feels like he can contribute, I think he can. But, you know, India is going to be a tough test. You know, it's not going to be, you know, Jimmy ideal conditions. But Jimmy Anderson has shown that, you know, he's more than capable and smart of a bowler to take wickets, even when the odds are against him and even when the conditions aren't favouring him. So I don't think that's... Uh, I don't think that's going to be a, a big issue. So, I, I, you know, we expect to see Jimmy Anderson there. But for me, really, the real question is, who's going to replace Jim Broad? You know, you could put a, a load of names. Because the thing with England, if you've got, you've got someone like Mark Wood, he's not going to be playing every test. So he's not going to play all... all he might. He's not going to play all five tests in India. He's probably going to play three. And then so that means he's also going to leave a vacancy. Do, where do you see Chris Wokes in all of this? Do you, do you think that, you know, everyone's everyone always, you know, sort of, uh, mocks uh, Chris Wokes for you know his away record and how it's significantly worse than his home record. But do you think there's a do you think there's a chance that he could play in India? 
Yeah, I think he he now has a key part to play in not just in, not just the India series, but you know in general in in, in England Test cricket in in the, in the team. I think he's he's got a very key part to play in the bowling attack. Um, we don't know how long Anderson's going to keep going for. You know, he'll obviously you know, we we we've, we've talked about it. He, he's going to keep going for a bit more. Um, but you know, he he's got a. I think I think Wokes should play in India because you know, you've got a. Even though his his record away, you know, may not have been very good or you know, whatever it is, um, you know, he still provides that sort of experience because you know Anson Anson's there, obviously, but you can't just sort of have Anson. I, I don't think you can really just have Anson uh, leading the bowling attack and that's it, you know. And then then you have to have young younger players like Tung, um, Matty Potts, or uh, as you said, Wood's not going to play all the matches. Um, because you know he just can't. Um, he can play you know sort of three, maybe maybe uh, perhaps four matches, but you know he's not going to play all five. And then you also have someone like Ollie Robinson, but you know that that's fairly a young young bowling attack. Um, apart from Wood and Anderson, so I think sort of to strengthen that attack, I think you got to get in Wokes in there. You know maybe not to play all five matches, but I think he's definitely going to be in the squad. He's definitely got to play. Um, just because he provides a little bit of experience for sort of the younger players, rather than having just Anderson, um, rather than just just having Anderson to you know um, just having Anderson to provide his own experience, but just having him leading the bowling attack and um, knowing he's not in the best of form himself. So I think I think work should play. I think obviously I get the whole experience thing, but obviously I I back Ollie Robinson, you know. Josh Tung even, they know what they're doing and with Jimmy Anderson there, I think he should be fine I just, I, I'd put Wokes in my squad but I don't think I'd play him for the first test I just think that there is, there is obviously, with all these claims there is backing in the in the sense of the stats and, and his performances Chris Wokes has looked pretty one-dimensional in uh, abroad, I think that looking at him now, I think he'll be better than what people have said, so I think he will have an impact but I wouldn't play him for the first test and then you've got Ollie Robinson who will be back for um, January how does that look? How does that work? Because, you know, Ollie Robinson has suffered with things like back spasms and, you know, he's become more fit, but he's still had fitness-related issues recently. He's going to be in India where it's going to be hot and it's going to be, you know, exhausting bowling. He's going to probably have to bowl some long spells. Do you think that he is like a realistic possibility of him playing all five test matches or do you think his series is going to be curtailed just because of, you know, fitness-related stuff? Yeah, that's an interesting one. If you know, I, I, I'm just gonna go through sort of possible eleven that I would maybe pick. You know, I'm not gonna spend too much on batting. I think maybe opening Zach Crawley, Ben Duckett, they're hitting pretty well. Um, Pope hopefully might be back um, at three, Root four, Brook five, um, Stoke six, um, and then I probably want to get in folks probably uh, or Besto. But anyway, either one of them at seven, and then so onto the bowler at like eight, nine, ten, eleven. Um, so you know, Anderson. Will play. Um, I'll, I'll pick Wood for the first test. Um, uh, I would actually pick Wokes for that first test. Um, yeah, I think I think he, he's he's been doing really well. And this this actually has been such a good part of it. I think we shouldn't really look at the, his record in India, or whatever it is. I, I think you know he's been doing well, so I, I would get him in there. So you know that's three of my four spots, and then um, that sort of leaves me with one option. I think. You know, I, I would actually think some, someone like Ollie Robinson. It's really tough because, you know, um, he he's obviously you know as I say he'll be back, but you know, injury or you know his sort of his sort of fitness could you know hinder him from 
uh, playing all five tests. I think I don't think he he will or should play all five tests just because I'm trying to get Wilkes in there, and I think I'm a really big fan of Wilkes. I think he I really want to get him in there. So you know, I think um, you obviously would take into account the spin as well. So Leach would probably take that eleventh spot. If I'm just um, brainstorming now. But yeah, I have named Matty Potts, Josh Tung, or Ollie Robinson in my um, you know, quick fire eleven that I've just made up there. So you know that that's really interesting. So I think Ollie Robinson, it's a tough one, but I don't think he will play all five tests. Um, you know, just because it's 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 right. You've got lots of lots of balls to choose from, and I think you know he. I, I'm a really big fan of work, so I'd, I'd probably want to get him in there for the first test. Yeah, I think obviously we, we just mentioned Jack Leach. Spin is going to be key. And with England, we're going to have Jack Leach plus Joe Root. And Joe Root's shown he's more than capable. He's more than a part time spinner. He's generally a good, he's a good off spinner. It, he may not be the most, you know, he may not have the most control over the ball, but he's tactically aware, you know. And I think that Joe Root will play a, a, with his part, with his spin, he'll play quite an important role. And I think I agree with you in the sense that, you know, I feel like. For me, it'd be the same sort of thought process, but I'd start with Ollie Robinson, and then if he does badly, I'd bring Wokes in. And I think that that's only because I think that Ollie Robinson, he sort of, I, I, you know, his movement off the deck can be useful in in, in place like India. And I feel like, yeah, that there is some, you know, I'm just, I just quickly looked at some Ollie Robinson stats. You know, if you look at Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Broad, their first twenty tests of their test career, they had a, they had an average which was like high at 35 40 type of thing you know ollie robinson 19 tests he's played 76 wickets and bowling average of 22 and i think that you know it's really hard to avoid the fact that he is generally a very good bowler when you know even even when he's not 100 he's still a very good bowler so you know there is reason to put him in the team and i think that you could be you could go interchangeably it's not like a it's not fixing but as you said, we've left out a lot of good bowlers. You know, Josh Tung, for example. I guess Mark Wood, Josh Tung can be used interchangeably. You could even use them together because Josh Tung isn't just pure pace, nor is Mark Wood. Mark Wood has shown that he can swing the ball. He swung the ball you know, significantly in Headingley. And, you know, he is a good bowler. And same with Josh Tung. You know, they, they do, they're not just pure pace bowlers. So we have to look at them, you know, in different angles as well. And then Matty Potts as well is not in the squad. You know, where does that leave him? He, you know, was looking good for England in last last year's um in the summer test against New Zealand. You know, it just shows it's you know, even England with all the injuries they have with the fast bowlers in that department, they are still a very effective bowling team. And I think that you've got to when you take a squad to India, you've got to cover all bases. How you know, looking at the spin uh, aspect of England's team, are you worried about, you know, spin bowling in the future, you know, with Jack Leach? If Jack Leach isn't there, then who bowls is it just gonna be Joe Root? Or do you think do you think that there's you know, is that a priority for England at the moment to discover like a new spinner? You know, someone like Ray Armour, do you think he'll come into the fore? Yeah, I think you know, spin is key in the subcontinent. And, you know, Joe Root's there, but you can't, if Jack Leach isn't available and he can't play, then, you know, Joe Root can't be the main, he can't be the only spinner, I don't think. So, yeah, Ray Armour, I think I'd bring him in there straight away. Um, you know, he did really well. He had a, brilliant, a dream debut against Pakistan, uh, in Pakistan. So, I think, um, you know, it, uh, I would get him in there if Jack Leach isn't available. He'd definitely be in my squad, Rowan Ahmed. You know, he, it's been a brilliant start to his career. Um, but yeah, I, I think spin should, maybe not a priority, but it's definitely going to be something to think about. You know, you've got to think the balance of your size. Spin is a key part you know, playing in India. 
where you know big spinning wickets. You know, ideally you want Jack Leith and Joe Root to be your spinners. Uh, one which is also, which is also good as one spins it one way and the other spins it the other way, which is good. Um, but yeah, I think spin maybe not priority, but um, yeah, priority would probably be working out that sort of pace attack. Working out, you know, who's going to play, who's going to play which tests, how many tests is Wood going to play, how many tests is Robinson going to play, um, how many tests is Wokes going to play, you know, that, that you've got to work that out. I think that should be the main priority, but yes, yeah, spin, you've got to keep thinking about that um, in India. Um, but yeah, if if Jack Leach isn't available, I would definitely go with Rowan Armand. I think that, you know, for me, Chris Wokes is a very good, you know, for Stuart Broad, there isn't any like to like replacement, but Chris Wokes is, Chris Wokes himself is 34. He's a good batter, but he is also fit. So I think he could play for another two to three years. And that means that we've got a replacement. Well, at least we've got a substitute for, especially at home for Stuart Broad. Then long term, there's going to have to be another player, you know, who joined, you know, someone who's at the moment 20, 21, 22. And there are, there are a lot of players in county cricket who are doing well, fast bowlers. So, I think that there's no doubt that we have there'll be someone there in reserve, someone even like Matty Potts if he refines his skills and makes himself more of an all-round bowler. I think he'd be very good. And then you've got some, you've got other players like the Overtons, you know, Craig and Jamie Overton. Then you've got um, you've got uh, Ollie Stone, Jofra Archer. May even you know we never know if he can get over his injury issues, he could be back. So there is there are a lot of players there, but at least for the moment, England have got someone who can you know fill in the. The, the the big the big gap that has now formed because Stuart Broad is not there, but I think the future of England's bowling attack looks good and it looks that there's uh, they, we have options and I think it's just pl- taking on a case by case basis. So whatever we need against India, we pick a team the best team that we have available. I don't, I'm not really a fan of that rest and rotation policy that England had a couple of years ago. And if Markwood is fit and ready, he has to play the first test. And I think that there's no there's no point just hiding around it and protecting bowlers anymore because if a bowler wants to be able to do their job, they don't want to. No bowler really cares in that much about, especially someone like Jimmy Anderson doesn't want to be missing out tests. If he if he can have an impact, he wants to have an impact. But yeah, I think that's the end of this episode. Thank you very much, Dave, and we will see you on the next episode.